Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and my good friend Morgan Richards who's sitting next to me. Hiya. There he is. This week we got a very, very, very special guest. No, it's not Santa, even though it is the run-up to Christmas. When's Christmas? Has Christmas been? No, it's this week. Oh, it is this week, it yeah. It is this week. Come on, Sean. Well, you've got, you've it's got a, Tuesday, come in. You've got a big Christmas tree in your house. Don't act like you don't celebrate Christmas, okay? Well, uh, it's, that wasn't my doing, it was my girlfriend's doing. Oh, yeah. I don't really, I don't know why we got a Christmas tree up, because it's part of the Christian thing. I'm not, I you know, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in any religion, you know, I, I don't follow any religion, so why do we have one bit of Christianity at my house? Well, to be honest, I was a bit surprised, because I thought, if you're going to have a Christmas tree in your house, it was being black and full of, like, Marlon Manson and ornaments and stuff like that, but and it's now not. you've said it, that's the Christmas tree I want, isn't it? Mm. But, it's not a Christmas tree I've got. I've got a Christian one. It's like I never said to my missus, oh, I tell you what, let's just pick and choose bits of religion. Do you fancy fasting for a week for Ramadan? Like, she won't be up for that. But no. yet, I've got to have a tree in my house. Anyway, this week on Sampling Podcast, we've got two guests, Mog. Two. two guests. Two for the price of one. Yeah. What? People are paying for this. Well, mm, they could if they want to give us an ad. Oh, i got PayPal if they want to send me money. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Before we go into our main guest, which is Grammy Award-winning producer and all-round superhuman Jason Perry. Jason Perry, the frontman of rock band A. Yes, the hardest band in the world to Google. Yes. But before Jason, we've got a lesser human, whose name sounds a bit like the same as Jason's. I've gone mad with this. Welsh fool, everyone's... Second favourite Smith family member, Jay Smith. Me. Happy uh, Christmas, everyone. Oh ho ho! I've got a machine gun. <laughs> uh, what is happening? Well, it's not called that, is it? It's oh. called sapnin. What's happening? No, don't. Sapnin. Sapnin. Ah, sapnin. Right. Before we go any further, um, I don't know whether you've listened to episode two. I'd like to think you have. If you haven't, you're scum, and I hate you. But if you have, you've heard me mention Jay before. And I mentioned Jay when we were talking about Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses because my brother ended up being a tour manager for Duff and ended up in Duff's autobiography. That's mental. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty pretty mental. Yeah. So explain to us how that came about, Jay. Well, I first started touring um, with a bunch of hardcore bands when I got a van when I was 17. Yeah. Um, then you started doing more and more stuff with a blackout. Got a bigger van. Um, started going on tour with you um, for less than minimum wage. Jesus Christ, you're tight. Then started a little bit of, of sort of tour managing, maybe a tiny little bit of teching. But started working with a bunch of other Welsh bands. Then some English bands. Fucking hell. Please don't go to every Jesus Christ. <laughs> do you know what? I thought, we'll have Jay on now. He'll do some good, quick stories, because he's good, like, this is oh, the you, oh, you got me for... This longest start to any story I've ever yeah, heard this in my a... life. How did you end up meeting Duff? Um, through a beautiful human being called Luke Bell. Oh, lovely, beautiful. If Carlsberg made tour managers, uh, his name would be Luke Bell. Um, just text me one day, um, will you go out with a band called Walking Papers? Did a little bit of research of them. Um, seen uh, 
Jeff Angel was a lead singer. Ben Anderson was was the keyboardist. But the drummer was uh, Barrett Martin. He was in Screaming Trees. Mm. Um, a really cool grunge band back in the 90s. Almost as big as Nirvana, except their singer didn't kill themselves. But the singer is Mark Lanigan, so he's pretty badass. Um, and, of course, Duff McKagan was in Walking Papers playing bass. Luke put me in touch with, with those guys. Uh, went to London, picked the van up, met them guys at John Henry's and was just totally starstruck by meeting Barrett and, and uh, Duff, as well as Jeff and Ben. They were, they're all dudes and they're all really good at, at what they do. Yeah. Um, turns out um, Duff's year to Merthyr after re- reading uh, Dilemma for Merthyr. Yep. Um, um, yeah, just hit it off, and um, I did about five tours with them. Um, one tour of Australia on Soundwave, um, another tour supporting Alice in Chains in the UK and Europe. That was pre- pretty good, getting to, getting to hang out with uh, Cantrell and all them. Um, and Ghost, seeing uh, Ghost out of uh, makeup was pretty trippy. Ooh. So for those that don't know, um, my brother Jay... Uh, pretty much lives in tracksuits. He's got a load of different tracksuits, and um, it inspired somebody else to get a tracksuit, didn't it, Jay? Yeah, we was on tour with uh, the old good old Biffy Clyro. Um, Biffy Clyro, nice. yeah. And Duff was doing just getting back with Axel in Guns and Roses, and they were doing a lot of South American shows. So we'd just finished the the Alice in Chains tour. Duff had flown to Panama, done a bunch of shows with Guns N' Roses, and he's in that band with Johnny Depp as well. Oh, yeah. yeah Hollywood um, Vampires. Yes, that's, that's the, the one. one yeah. yeah. Um, did a bunch of shows with them down down in South America. Had a big delay at one of the airports, so, uh, yeah, he, he uh, decided to buy a tracksuit, so he, he turns up on the on the Biffy Clyro um, tour, pick him up with the the airport there he is in this all black tracksuit with a tiny green dot on the uh, on the chest it's like oh yeah it's a, it's a pretty tight tracksuit oh yeah 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 you uh you inspired it oh that's cool yeah 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 it's a hugo boss one i get five thousand dollars for it oh, yeah. ah. that's the difference yes yeah. you know but there again if we all had uh if, if, that sort of revenue coming in, wouldn't we all be wearing five thousand pound tracksuits? Track? Yeah, Hugo Boss tracksuits. I'd be having a bash, you know. Yeah, I'm well, <laughs> yeah. If I had that much money to spend on stuff, then yeah, yeah, probably would, probably would. Um, so, what are you up to at the moment, Jay? Uh, any plans to go out with anybody soon? Um, I, I've got a tour coming up in July, August, with um, my good friends in Crowbot. They're back over. Nice uh, guys from Pottsville, Pe- uh, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, doing a full uh, UK and Europe tour of that. Nice. That'd be yeah. awesome. A bunch of festivals. Nice to tour in the summer as well, because it sucks. For some reason, touring is like football season. Mm. I know. We have these boiling hot summers. Let's uh, let's jump in the van and go on tour when it's snowing. Yeah. I remember being on tour in um, Poland, and we were sleeping rough in the van with uh, a hardcore band called Brutality Will Prevail. On New Year's Eve, 2012 into 2013, and it was minus 18 outside. Ooh. It was so cold in the it was so cold in the van that um, the condensation froze on the windows. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of items of clothing, one thing I've always wondered: you did have a T-shirt made after you from Neil Star, I do believe. Ah, uh, yes. The fuck. Fuck Jay, Jay Smith. Smith ones. How yes, did that happen? They were, they were Another ma- Neil Star money making <laughs> scheme. <laughs> they were they were matching hats with that as well. They all really? sold out like hotcakes. And how um, much of that money did you see, Jay? Um, I think I had a bunch of posters from my motorbike racing thing done out of it. So <laughs> so nothing else. So yeah, I didn't see a penny out of it, but I had something in return. So yeah, not, you know, not, not enough. But yep. <laughs> how did that come about? Um, I'll tell you what it came about. Neil Starr saw Jay was getting popular, right? Yeah. So Neil Starr went, how can I make some money off this? Print some t-shirt with Jay's fucking head on it. Standard. The end. 
It was, it was a, no, what it was, I tell you what it was, it was um, old St- Stanley Richard Somerville. Um, didn't Gallows? Yeah, Gallows had a Didn't Gallows t-shirt. do a t-shirt with him on? No, I think Lags made his own t-shirts uh, with, with Stan. With Stan on. Yeah, because I got one. And this was the, the South Wales shit equivalent, <laughs> you know, with my head on. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty dreamy to look at, yeah, like, I, you know. If I remember correctly, I think it was a bright pink. Oh yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, well, yeah, lum, lum, you know, luminous as you do, yeah. Luminescent colours um, were all the rage in uh, the tens. You know, I'm going to say the tens because it's not the noughties. It's the um, tens. Are we in the teens now? Is this the teens? Oh, or, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know. Can you list off some bands that you've toured with? <sighs> so they know that you're genuine and just didn't tour with us and maybe deaf. Um, He's trying to look in chain. <laughs> Spent six months on the road with them. That was pretty uh, pretty good. Definitely. Um, def- that didn't inspire my tracksuit fetish, though. Like, I had the tracksuit fetish before them. Um, it just sort of just melded. Nice. <laughs> you know, that that went down quite well. Um who else? Glassjaw. Yeah. I actually took Glassjaw, um, because Americans and their country only being 250, 300 years old, depending who you speak to. Five hundred, yep. Um they don't have castles, they know castles over there. So they? other than White Castle, obviously. They got White Castle and they got Disney, haven't they? And that's about the two castles they've got in America. Yeah. We got real ones over here. Yeah. So um, we were doing, where were we playing in Cardiff? CF10 in Cardiff, I think. And I thought, why not? There's a castle in the centre of Cardiff. There's another one 10 minutes up the road. Took them to Castle Koch. Nice. Um, wow. Which they obviously pronounced, because it's spelled C-O-C-H, Castle Cock. Yeah. Um, they found that hilarious. Thought it was Hogwarts. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? When you think, but like, I remember thinking when I was a kid. I say kid, like probably eighteen or nineteen. I was listening to Glass Joe, and I was like, I love this band. I wonder if I'll ever get to meet them. Wonder if they'll ever come over here because I know Daryl, the singer, has got Crohn's disease and he has uh, problems with that and stuff. And then you hear about my brother Jay taking him to Castle Coch, like. Oh yeah, it's totally surreal. The Red Castle. How, how, how does like that? How do how do I go from Merthyr Tydfil, South Wales? You know, I, I was. I think it sounds like episode one now of our podcast. I did <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just me and me and you just can't believe our luck. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. Like I've been for Nando's in Australia. With Duff McKagan, Jerry Cantrell, and Brent Dines for Mastodon. It's a weird for group. a fucking Nando's. I'm just. They never had a Nando's before that. Oh, boys, I'm come just, in here. I'm come out of this. I'm just trying to picture the like waitress or waiter at Nando's and you four turn up. But I'm just they just thought, you know, who's that? Who's this? Who's weird? that fucking ginger nut case <laughs> with the fucking tattoo on his face? Who's the, you know, who's, this uh, who's these two, who's these two, two older gentlemen? And who's that fucking twat in a, in a tracksuit? <laughs> you know, we went to a koala sanctuary and Brent Dines was reading off facts about duckbill platypi. <laughs> platypi. Because they're poisonous, apparently. Are they? Oh. Yeah. Well, the more you know. There you go. I think we need a fact check before we let us quote, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that's true. <laughs> Like, I was on tour with, with Goldie Looking Chain when Maggot was in Big Brother, when he'd just come out of Big Brother. And that was absolutely mental. Um, like, we were having, having, to have, having to be escorted everywhere with bodyguards. Um, just, that was crazy. Like, money was no object with, with Goldie Looking Chain back then as well. Um, I remember being on a tour bus and the boys are know you know, they rap about smoking dope. Smoking the dope, taking the gun, smoking <laughs> and, the devil's um, lettuce. I remember Eggsy coming up with a with a brilliant idea to um get a load of uh 
aquariums and goldfish for the tour bus. Oh, yeah. You know, think now. Hmm, tour bus, moving vehicle, aquarium. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. He spent possibly £500 on a load of Japanese fighting fish and an aquarium. And the first roundabout we came to... All gone. Said Japanese fighting fish are now dead on the floor. Yeah. I don't condone animal cruelty, but it was fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor fish. If there's any vegans listening who are upset by this, you drink water and that's a fish's house. So don't be a dick. Um, Does that count then if you eat pineapple, you eat Spongebob's house? No, because Spongebob is a fictional character, as you well know. Okay. Oh, I don't know anymore. I got these in me. Um, have you toured with any knobheads, any bands who were divs or did divvy stuff? Um, I believe you once told me you toured with a band who, in soundcheck, practiced everything, including the bit where they went and I fived the crowd. Uh, yeah, it'd been a, it'd been a, 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 a couple of. Dicks on tour. Dicks. Dicks. That could be a segment, can it? Dicks on tour. No, it sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds pretty. Um, yeah. Sounding better in my head. What's that band? Um, uh, Forever the shittest kids. Oh, it's a bit harsh. Forever the sickest oh. kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. What happened? Oh Christ! It was awkward as fuck. I was with Neil Star, funny enough, and little Ryan Day. Uh, with Attack Attack out in Germany. Uh, and we were supporting Forever the Sickest Kids. And every single sound check at every single show, they would d- do... A whole set. Their whole set. Um, leaving no time for anyone else. They took all the dressing rooms, so we'd have to sit outside. But they do their whole set. But they do. they would do their whole set with... Hey guys, what's up? Um, and like all the talking bits and ends. Yeah, yeah, nice. just just completely so basically scripted. Just, just practiced the show every night the show. before they do the show. Banter yeah. included, and it wouldn't wouldn't change. Like, hey, give us a high five, guys, and and just everything, absolutely everything. It's mind blowing. Uh, yeah, well, I'm quite speechless after that. I've well, never. You heard. wouldn't believe how many people set lists. You'd see, especially like when you're doing festivals and yeah. stuff, and they leave their set lists on the floor. They would have in between songs. They would have like in brackets, applause break, interact with the crowd, interact with crowd. Yeah. And at the bottom, a lot of people sets it says what town you're in, so the singer would know <laughs> what town they were in. Oh wow! I remember bottling the hell out of Lisa Mafia in Kavartha Park because uh, she was here on her own without. So solid crew. Yeah. So she was just. She wasn't very solid. Yeah. Mildly she was just. Solid. She was just so. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and by bottle, do you mean throw in a plastic bottle, not glass in it? Yeah, like, yeah. Not, oh. not full on like. You didn't problem. Like Abyss. <laughs> no. Um, it was. Uh, what she say? Uh, came to Merthyr Tidville. Hey, what's up, Cardiff? Uh, and constantly. Could be worse. Could have been England, couldn't it? That's what some True. of them do, didn't they? True. True, yeah. They, they do love cocking up and saying England when they mean Oh, um, you know. Americans are the best, right? The amount of Americans have gone, oh, you're from England, you want to go, oh, no, Wales. And they'll go, oh, that's in England, isn't it? And yeah, go, like the same part of Canada. And I'm like, from. oh, yeah, what part of Mexico are you from? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm from America. And I was like, well, I thought that was in Mexico. Oh, no, it's next door. Yeah, exactly like Wales is next door to England. And you... Yeah. Bloody Americans. But, yeah, back to Forever Sick as Kids. It was, oh, it was horrible. That um, must be really cringeworthy it, to see. Like I get, I it's, it's like they sold their soul. There, there was no soul. Like they, they were all really fucking weird anyway. Um, and yeah, it was just like it's I could, hard to explain. I could understand if they did it like once because they didn't have time to practice or something before the tour, but to do every, every night, yeah, every and single then night, copy and paste that into the actual gig, yeah. Like with the high five parts, you know, with the come on, everybody, sing along. You Uh, must have a right uh, laugh watching that every night. Um, People don't realize this, so that's the thing. Like, people are going to be listening to this and going, oh, what? Mm. They do what? 
It's not just that. Like, it's other bands that do it as well. Like, it's not just them. But, like, yeah, some of it is so scripted and so fake, you will not believe it. Like, even bits in some people's sets where you're like, oh, this is probably just made I, up on the spot. I, to be honest, I think, like, that's all they've got. They've got no personality sort of outside of yeah, that. Yeah, couldn't just be let... Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can't use your imagination or anything, you know. Be witty or anything. You've just got to, boys. Let's just stick to the script, you know. Yeah. It, it works for us, and and that's it. But that just that just goes to show that not everyone in in the music industry is a character, and and you know it is a personality. Then, yeah. A lot of people um, won't know this. Well. A lot of people don't know who I am. Don't know who Morgan is. And yeah, don't yeah. know who you are. Yeah. But you are. You also um, ride uh, motorbikes. Mm. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, you've I, done all right at that, see, haven't you? Not bad. Um, was second quickest in Europe this year. Are they? Um, it's not bad, is it? Not bad at all. Strenby's looking to sponsor Jay or us. Well, us first. Sponsor us first. And then Jay second. Oh, how cool would it be to see a satin sticker on a motorbike or? I know, sponsoring you. Oh, god damn. Yeah. No. It only end up getting ripped off because I crash more than I stay on anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, because you were going so fast, it would just flick off. Like, but, <laughs> um, Yeah, you've done real well of that, haven't you? I'll, I'll have a sticker across my visor, like uh, the one on uh, Talladega Nights, like the Fig Newton sticker, yeah, but it's satin, in, is it? So I can't see. Uh, yeah, you've done really well on that. Um, if people wanted to find you on social media, where would they find you, Jay? Uh, are you only on Instagram? You're not on Twitter, are you? Uh, not on Twitter, no. Um, but on Instagram, Jay Smith's Hits and Giggles. Is it Jay Smith's Hits and Giggles? It's Jay Smith, Shits and Giggles, surely. Yeah. But, the, uh, but, but Instagram doesn't condone swearing oh. usernames. So you put Hits and Giggles. So oh. it's Jay Do you know what? I didn't know that till this moment. So it's Jay Smith's... Hits and giggles, so it's but Jay's. it is Jay Smith shits and giggles. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for clearing that up. It took longer than it should have. Um, Sorry. It's all right. Uh, good. I didn't know he was hits. Uh, no. You know, I'd never seen his hits and giggles at all. So that's new. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, just that. And is it? You've only got Instagram, really? Instagram and just Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah. We'll cheers. definitely have you on again. And um, we'll probably work out what we're going to say next time and talk about. So yeah. it's fantastic. But thank you very much for coming on. Fabulous. Um, thank you. And yeah, next up we speak to the fantastic Jason Perry. So keep listening. You're listening to Sapping Podcast with Sean Smith and my good friend Morgan Richards. Don't say it's you. Um, check this out. This is Jason Perry. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I was very enthusiastic <laughs> then by Jason, but you I'm are ill. Do, I'm going to do a big one. Yeah, go on. Do it again then. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? We went a bit Welsh towards the end then. Well, you can't Wales. help it though, can you? You're I'm in, in Wales, Wales, but... <laughs> it's like speaking the language. Um, oh. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, our guest this week is Uber producer... Uh, fantastic Uber, fr- Uber driver <laughs> Uber driver and Delivery delivery, yeah. delivery boy And frontman Of one of Britain's best bands A We've got Jason Perry Something Something He's got it He's got it Yes he's in Thank you for uh, coming on You're welcome Honestly. Thanks for having me It's oh, alright Pleasure um, You are Guest number two technically mm. Who's guest number one? Ali Let Phillips. me get oh. Oh. Go on no, Hulk, Go on guest Hulk, Hulk Hogan Close. I wouldn't mind that. Mm, I wouldn't mind that either. He's in the middle of He's no Hulk Hogan, is he? No. Hmm. Who's the most racist, though? That's the question. It's probably Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Ali's good with words, though. He's a wordsmith. Ali's one of the finest people with words I've ever met. So, yeah, as uh, the podcast is sapping, which we all know is what is happening. Um, Welsh for hi. Sapping. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Um, yeah, what's going on? What's what's? Well, we're on tour. You're in, you're in the back lounge of our bus. Yeah. Oh, I should have described the situation. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, we should have done that. Should do your job for you. Sure. Yeah. yeah, go on. Cheers, Jess. So here we are on uh, something podcast with Jason from A. 
and Sean and Morgan. And we're actually in the back lounge of Ace Tollbus, which is, um, it's all right. It's very 90s, um, not in a trendy way. No, it's not. It's probably a bit, yeah, it's all right, but it's hot. I like it. And it I'm not warm. feeling well, and it is very hot. And there's, um, the air condition is either on or off. There's no middle ground. two TVs, and last night we, everybody was in here till three in the morning watching Mid Morning Matters, mm. which reminded me of watching Mid Morning Matters with the blackout oh. in oh. studio. It all comes around to one giant circle. Yeah. Yeah, we're here in Cardiff now, and uh, Jason's about to play in a couple of hours' time, but uh, as he just said, he's currently ill, so we'll try not to take up too much of your time. But, I uh, think we should cancel the gig. No. Yeah, no, but you're right, I, I'm ready for it now. I'm ready I'm for not. the gig. I think we should cancel it. I don't. I don't want you to. Um, I don't care if people bought tickets. <laughs> people, <laughs> and, and it's not like we're going to come back and do another one. So there's going to be no repercussions. This is literally your last ever Welsh show. Well, the drummer's dead in about a week. Oh. My voice is gone. Oh, bit of backstory to that. Um, we should really explain. Um, Jason's brother Adam, who plays drums for the band A and Bloodhound Gang, as recently um, August was diagnosed with bowel cancer. Bladder cancer. Bladder cancer, not so, bowel. Jesus. It's Christ. a lot nicer than bowel. Yeah, I'm giving. I'm wishing things on people now. He's it's got terrible. blood in his urine, not blood in his poo. There's a big difference. Yeah, he did. He did tell me that he had a wee yesterday, and he blood thought there might yeah. be blood in it. So that's a somber turn. Well, I didn't do any um, cancer bounce on stage last night. What? Because of that? Well, no, because a my mum and dad were there, and it's not very nice. Yeah, that's true. And there's another guy there who's who is seriously ill. Who we met. Hello World last year uh, and he only lasted two songs last night and said he was in so much pain he had to be sick oof, and um, he's only got a year left so he, that was his last day gig oh. and the first two songs were shocking <laughs> 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 I went back to this morning going mate the third song was amazing <laughs> um, yeah I've got to learn I've got to he's kind of made his peace with it all I mean it's, it's pretty inspiring that when he, he he knows he's got a time limit left and he's just made his peace with everyone and himself and the illness. He's like, I'm just going to have the best year of my life. That's probably so, the way um, to be, in it? Not Adam. The other guy. <laughs> not Adam. Who's trying to have the worst year of his life? Um, Adam can have a good year because everything's bad. But he's done <laughs> He's done well to pull through so far and he's uh, yeah, he gets still tired. rocking. He gets tired a lot. That's but, just um, old age, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and we've allowed him to dress however he wants on this tour, so he's kind of... He's got the bottom half of a, a, a summer paedophile <laughs> and um, and the top half of a football coach. But <laughs> everyone lets him get away with it. You can't you can't pick on him. But can't pick Ill. on him. That's it. He's been lucky enough to be uh, picked on. But yeah, we'll um, pick on him tonight though. So you mentioned you're on tour, celebrating 15th year anniversary, ish. Oh, scary isn't it? If I serious, yeah. How it you feel? Sounds all right though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's only two songs Doesn't on the test. album oh, yeah. that I don't think stand up. I think like nothing stands up. Yeah. Starbucks has got a pop punk swing. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. So that's in and out. There's a song called uh, Shitty Face that hasn't stood up. That was our stab at New Metal. That was our stab at Papa Roach. Nice. At a time when Papa Roach wasn't even trying to stab at Papa Roach. <laughs> Papa, Ro- Papa Roach had moved on to whatever they are now. What, I don't even know where they yeah. are now. Are they? But it's well. been all right. That's been all right live. But everything else on the album stands up. The song called Six O'Clock, which sounds great still. Speaking of, um, like Gavin Butler, mm-hmm. I heard yourself, you've signed off on some artwork with a spelling mistake in. That's right. They asked me to do to double check and triple check, and then what's in one after triple? Quadruple check. Quadruple <laughs> check. <laughs> And I said, okay, I'll do that. And they're like, we need to know in the next two hours. But no, so you check the inside sleeve notes. No one thinks they're going to make a mistake on the back cover. No. And call six o'clock on a tube stop, a chip shop. Uh. <laughs> well, it's six o'clock on a tube shop. Well, it could be 2018's new version. It is. Maybe more people are at chip shops than tube stops. a lady from the record label. She couldn't get the original artwork, so she had to retype everything. Ooh. Oh, okay. Which is why... So um, I can't blame her because I was meant to spell check it. I, I like stuff like that though. Uh, like when we were in a band and still are now, it's all the stuff that goes wrong that are the best things. So um, huh. uh, last night I was um, did a bit of merch bounce on stage and showing we got a flat pack Starbucks coffee cup box nice. that you can assemble yourself for a gift. And I kind of showed the crowd how to do it and screwed it in a ball and got it wrong. And like no one laughed. It's the most uncomfortable thing ever. <laughs> Dougie's looking at me and he's like, he's, he's like, 
this is so awful. I, <laughs> I loved it. I love uncomfortableness. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm um, a massive fan of it. Because it makes you laugh on the inside, doesn't it? Yeah. Looking, yeah, look, always looking back at those moments, you're like, well, I kind of won that moment because I, yeah. I owned it and but I was you, up for it. Do you remember it. we like, but we love Faith and More, right? And um, one of our kind of first bonding sessions we ever had as a band and producer and a friend was talking about Faith and More. But when my band, when we first went on tour with Faith and More, which is amazing, unbelievable, Patton was the king of uncomfortableness. And I thought, why is he, why is he doing this? But no, I, I love it. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Because being in the band is so childish. And like when you're our age now, like I'm 48, um, this is just like being in a, a cocoon of childishness. Because all your job is, is to show off yeah. and, ha- and get through the day and have fun. And because we've got no, I mean, I've got my other business to work on in the day, but I've got no interviews or anything. So um, it's just trying to make each other laugh all day. Mm. That's all it is. It's brilliant. Yep. And you end up getting more and more childish and then... There's things that just aren't funny that you find funny, and Norwich doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things I think Norwich doesn't find funny. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, but going back to the 15th year anniversary, sorry, yeah. <laughs> revisiting those songs, I'm sure that a lot of memories have popped up and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure there's a whole host of those songs that you haven't played in quite some time as well. Well, there's lo- loads of them I hadn't even heard. <laughs> and uh, there's one called The Springs, which I love, and I get the lyrics wrong every night yeah. and I've had them printed out and then last night my eyesight was bad, so bad I couldn't see them without putting glasses on oh, wow. I, I, I managed to get a few of them right so tomorrow's the last night of the tour and I'm hoping to right every night on tour I've got the first line wrong <laughs> last night I got the first line right I got a big cheer for it oh. and I nearly got through to the end tonight we'll see and um, and then tomorrow hopefully I'll get it alright you mentioned uh, Dougie Dougie is not an original member of A, obviously. Obviously? It's not obvious, is it? Well, that's a good pun, because obviously it was a McFly song, so you made a joke without even realising, Sean. And I didn't know the McFly song, so... And you do. I do. I know all the McFly songs, but anyway. Oh, good. Uh, Yeah, how's Dougie? How's he fitting in? Are you missing Goth Lord Daniel Picard? Well, Goth Lord was on the bus in Scotland. Oh, nice. He came up to see us, because he was DJing in Scotland, so we had both bass players on the bus. A bass off, yeah, bass yeah. off, yeah, a hairy one and a not so hairy one. That's so, um, nice. yeah, Dougie's amazing. He's it's like he's always been in the band. He has added a, a a breath, not that Dan isn't a breath of fresh air, but he's added a different angle to the band. Yeah, completely different styles to Dan. Yeah. So we get we've got more of a swing on with Dougie. It sounds like it swings a bit, and um, so there's more more swing your arm moments for me. And he's just wicked. He loves it. He loves playing bass. He loves Dougie. Genuinely wants to play bass all day, for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I've seen all the photos, and he's he's just grinning from year to year, and yeah, all yeah. of them. Like he's, he's just amazing. loving life. And he's just a great bloke. I love him. Yeah. And we mm. love, obviously we love Dan Dan Carter as well. We love everyone. That but, is um, true. Doug's I, awesome. I don't think I, I know anyone. So have you ever heard you say that you don't like somebody? No, it's probably true. I do like most people, but I don't. I don't think there's that many. Um, can you swear on this? Yeah. Um, Div lords in music. <laughs> Div. It's not very sweary, but yeah. That's that's as far. No, but there's not many balans, is there? No balans or dicks or twats or wankers. I haven't met that many. Maybe met three in my whole right. life. And the bigger the band, the nicer people seem to be. This is what I. Yeah. This is what on Alid's. When we had the podcast with Alid, me and him were speaking about dickheads we'd met in other bands. Mm-hmm. And that was the main thing. The bigger the band, the nicer the yeah. people normally are. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but like, like Broker, um, I spoke to Simon from Broker today. He just got back. And he'd been out with Mike Shinoda in America. And it's like, yeah, like the best guy ever. And the crew were amazing. And the fans were amazing. And yep. just, you know, when, when that happens, it's, and that always seems to happen in A. We went out with, um, I remember going out we went out with the offspring who were, who were great for arenas and then we went out with Green Day with stadiums oh I never heard of them and then we went and they were lovely and then we went out with this band called Deterrent Horizon and the offspring told the tight trousers not to go out with them because they're the great guys but their audience is so partisan it's like supporting ACDC like their audience are in the 40s they're like one band it's Deterrent Horizon they hate support bands they feel like they're a family very German um it's not bothered about support bands. If I were you, I wouldn't do it. 
and um, and we did it anyway, and um, it was amazing. And and Campino, the singer, <coughs> this might be a long story. No, carry on. But um, they they came into the dressing room on the first day, the whole band and the whole crew, and literally introduced themselves to our whole crew and whole band. And then the lighting, their light, their LD went off with our LD, and the sound man went off with our sound man, and and and, and went and showed everybody, told them around the arena, <coughs> and then um, the, LD, the the band are like, you can use anything on stage, anything you want, any lights, all the follow spots. And this is in the, the early noughties when follow spots were still had truck drivers in, at fifty quid a night. Yeah. We're like, well, that's six hundred quid on follow spots. I'm like, we'll pay for that. We want it to look good for you. The only thing you can't have is our pyro. Um, and he can and Ed's he can mix the band as loud as you want. And then he goes to me, I love our fans, our fans are our family, but they're kind of very partisan. And I'm not asking you to do this or saying you want to do this. I'm just saying if you want me to walk on stage and introduce you, I will. It's like Bono saying that yeah. to a support band. That's awesome. And he did. He walked on stage and went, This is my friend Jason for May. Make him feel welcome. Amazing. This guy's like, you know, 20,000 people. Yeah. And it's like, and you, and you think how hard it is being in a band, being away from home sometimes. I don't know if you, like, falling out with someone or being a dick is really hard work, I should imagine. It's a lot easier to be nice to everyone, isn't yeah. it? And if people take advantage of it, then somebody else can go tell them, you know, you've gone too far. And I just remember saying, let me out for a drink with him one night. I'm like, how come you guys are just so nice? He's like, so we can enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. I've got a similar story myself. Like we did Greece with Linkin Park. It was Linkin Park's first ever show in Greece to 18,000 people. And before we went on, like they, it, all the signs had just said Linkin Park are playing. No supports whatsoever. 18,000 people. As we go on, there's just a Linkin Park chant all the way through the first song. So shut, we played Shut the Fuck Up, a cut first. Linkin Park, all the way through. So we came to the end of the song and I just went, Shut the fuck up! Silence. And then I went, Linkin Park. Linkin. <laughs> and they all, they were all on side from that moment on. Like they started chanting Linkin Park and I was like, Right then, we're going to play our songs and they're going to come on. And I remember looking to my right and I spat in the air and I could see my spit spinning through the air towards Chester Bennington's missus and I was like oh this is this is the first day or two uh, I fucked this big time now and uh, landed right in front of her she laughed then I noticed he was behind her and yeah we went off stage and they were super super lovely to us and they you know uh, said give us praises for the show and stuff and all those bands couldn't have been nicer like like I've said on other podcasts like mm. Duff was fantastic mm. from Guns N' Roses Pharrell was fantastic yeah. he didn't have to be nice yeah, I have met a big rock star who's a dickhead, I don't think. Which is strange, because you, know, you normally find a few of them. No, like Billy Joe from Green Day came up to me in the toilets and introduced himself to me. He's like, you're Jason from May, right? And I was just having a wee. I was like, um, you Billy from Green Day behind me. He's the behind me. I hear the crank caller. And um, yeah, it's like, why are you doing this? It's crazy, isn't it? He's like, do you want to go talk about the set? And it's like... Yeah, if you want, it's like we change the set, and when the air goes, don't change the set, don't change the set. That's fear the change. That's crazy. Giving his advice straight away. Mad. And um, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. And um, yeah, so hopefully we're nice to tour with as well. Oh, I'd imagine um, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a great tour. Really good. Before we move away <clears throat> from the album, mm-hmm. has your views on Starbucks changed? Well, I got the, at that point they wouldn't. I got banned from Starbucks. Really? I had a massive row in Starbucks in Essex in Blue Water with this kid who wouldn't serve me. Me and my wife, he wouldn't serve us. I was like, what? Really? Like, well, you own Starbucks? <laughs> He's like, well, you're taking the piss out of us for having jobs. I went, oh, is this going to be your full-time job there forever? <laughs> or just stopgap job? I went, stopgap. I went, exactly. You so don't want this job <laughs> in Starbucks. You don't want your job either. I love Starbucks. It's great. And um, the song's about ambition. It's not about Starbucks. Hmm. It's just... Um, just happened to be Starbucks fitted better. Yeah, yeah. Just um, Costa and Savory. <laughs> <Don't want your laughs> Especially with the Leeds accent. Company and Costa. Leeds accent. Don't want t- job in Costa. Yeah. So that, that song's about the the backstory of that song is I lost I love talking and um, the, I lost my voice a bit like today. Well, I shouldn't be doing any talking, and um, the doctor said you can't talk for six months. So I went to Spain for three weeks on my own. 
it was miserable it's before like everyone had mobile phones hmm. and just read books and wrote lyrics and then went back went to see this Harley Street doctor again he's like your throat's gone you need to go do an album stop touring so we we had a band meeting and we're sitting there and I was like guys well, I can't tour like the cycle of this album's over um, and this was the end of Monkey Kong we just signed a record deal in America and everyone's like pretty bummed about it and take, taking the piss out of me and stuff and saying we've destroyed their careers. And um, and then the phone rang in the middle of the meeting and Tank, our manager, picked it up and um, said, ah, oh, what a shame. He's been off a uh, seven-week tour that starts um, in Miami and works its way across the south and up the west coast, finishes in Vancouver a week before Christmas. I said, all right, go on then, we'll do it. Yes. <laughs> so um, I got some in-ears, which I never had before. And then my... My daily routine on that tour was when the bus pulled in at like six, seven in the morning, I'd get up early before anyone else, there's no one to talk to, have some cereal, get in a taxi, go into town wherever we were and find a Starbucks, sit in Starbucks all day, try and write lyrics and read and write stuff and then come back, back lounge of the bus, get changed, put my in-ears in, walk into the gig, no sound check, little high five to the boys, do the gig, come off straight to bed. Wow. So I did that for seven weeks. Didn't speak to anyone, and it was so depressing. It was awful. Oh, it's crazy. Imagine, yeah. yeah, yeah. I couldn't speak to anyone, and um, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. So um, and I remember sitting in Starbucks one day, going, "Man, I just want to work in here. <laughs> I just want a normal job." Where like I was so jealous of people working in Starbucks, thinking you don't have to do a gig tonight. And then that night was one of the best gigs of our life, and that's what the song's about. It's like you know, be careful what you wish for. Because, mm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's more insight yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's a good story. Great, thank you. Very, very, very deep. <laughs> you mentioned Don Broco. That's another band you've produced and worked with. Um, yeah, who else have who else have we done? Kids in Glass Houses, Grey Wind, The Blackout, The Blackout, The Blackout, The Blackout, The Blackout, Molotov, McFly, Molotov. Busted, Latin Grammy for Molotov. Yeah, and an American Grammy nomination that we didn't win. So technically, we've got a Grammy winner on our podcast already. It's good, isn't it? Yes. Cheers, well, yes. Yeah. Thank you. You are in very esteemed company. We need to afford. <laughs> yeah. We sh- I wish you had it with you, to be yeah, honest. You, you should have brought it with you. should bring it. Come on stage every night and just put it on stage and then you carry it on. You see with it. Oh, yeah. The one <laughs> where you did all the different locations in the background. Oh, the bit where it cuts to you with a big head. No, tiny head with a big cap. With a high-pitched voice. I cried laughing. I cried laughing. And she was like, what were you laughing at? And I was like, look at this. And she was like, who's that? She started laughing, didn't know who it was. And I was like, that's my boss. That's Jason. <laughs> and she was like, what? I said that, they asked me to do that interview. And they said, here's what bands normally do. And it's just like more generic yeah. mm. rock bands doing cover versions and acoustic things. Like, mm. n- nobody wants to hear it. Well, I don't think, I don't want to hear it anyway. Yeah. So I sent that in. And then there's like 10 people CC'd on this email. They've been going around. It's like, we need it now. We need it now. Can you do this? Everybody's kind of coming in with a two penny. So I did it and sent it off. Not one person replied for <laughs> four days. <laughs> it's like, they hate it so much. Oh, it was hilarious. Like, you know, you get to my age, you think you're not embarrassed anymore. I'm like, yeah. somewhere Ooh. in this country is people. And then she wrote back going, oh, we've just seen the video. We love it. Yeah. It's like, phew. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, Matt P was a good one. That never really made it, that record. That was amazing. Matt P's album, I love doing that. And um, he's a really talented kid. Um, working with you boys was one of the highlights, I think. Snap. Great people. Amazing. Yeah, I've talked very highly of you on the mm. other uh, podcasts. Yeah, I love working with you, especially that <coughs> first record in Texas. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. And the second one as well. Because I think the second one, you, you had loads of confidence which is good to see. The first one I did, you were still finding your feet. Yeah. And the second one is like, it was a bit like our Hi-Fi Serious album where we're like, let's push on now. And then the fourth one was a bit like our fourth album, which is a bit like, where do we go from here? Yeah. None of us really had the answer at that point. We should have gone somewhere. Yeah, we were kind of out of our misery stage with hope and gone into partying, start <laughs> the party. And then yeah, but I think our crowd were like, we're not ready for the party yet. I yeah. Think we're Maybe didn't believe you. But then also, yeah, yeah, that's true. You were a lot of Red Bull at that time, Sean. <laughs> Very, yeah. Oh, wild well. for coffee. Do you remember those cases of Red Bull? <laughs> that's Sean's then. Yep. <laughs> good times, they were. There Real was a good pile times. of Red Bulls high as Sean. 
Oh, really? That turned up, yeah. Oh. Oh, was it Monster Energy Drink, was it? Well, Monster, I think. I think Monster were delivering it by the pallet full, weren't they? Was this, yeah. what was this, his big rider demands, was it? Or? I don't know. No, just they just turned up. Oh. Like, literally, Monster emailed me and said, oh. oh, do you fancy some Monster? And, of course, I said yes. And then, literally, pallets turned up to the studio, my house. There's some good songs that I love. I love Start the Party. I think it's a great song. Yeah, I had a great time recording that. I like that as well. But, yeah, shut the fuck up a cut and... Um, and you'll never know. Said and done. Oh, no. Amazing song. Love the bounce of that. Cheers, thank you much. Well, so it's probably good. more you than it was me, so. No, <laughs> um, it was all you, Sean. Yeah, do you have any plans to produce anybody else soon? Or would you like. If you um, could produce. Here it is. If you could produce anyone who's out at the moment. Rush. Include, you wouldn't do like a SoundCloud rapper? Yes. There you go, that's the end of that. Thank you very much for the interview. <laughs> Cheers and barely. Um, I've been getting into a lot of that recently with my son, and I, I do think all the SoundCloud rappers I like are basically, well, it's like all the pop music that I like. I love pop music. Like, I love Ariana Grande. Most of her songs are just rock songs with pop production, hmm. just just like all the Max Martin songs were in the 90s or whatever. So I love pop like that, where actually you think Faith and More could do an amazing cover of this. And... Um, in fact, the, the, I forget what song it is by Ronnie Grande, but there's a mid-eight which is like, boom, 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 it's just like a, it could be a blackout mid-eight. Um, so I love pop music like that, and I, and I love, I love rap music or hip-hop music where it's essentially a rock song, but they don't know because it's just a new generation. Yeah. So Little Peep's a perfect example. Like you say, brand new meets Blink meets Nirvana with no cultural references to any of those. And uh, my kids think, it's like my kids think Supreme's a new thing and they think Little Peep's a new thing, which yeah. he, he was. Yeah. Um, but I just hear it as a rock record without drums or guitars yet. Yeah. And I think if you could take the essence of that and put some big dynamics in it, but still keep it really simple, yeah. I think hmm. you'd get this generation's Linkin Park. I think it's crying out for... That to happen again, it wouldn't sound new metally, because he wouldn't have that kind of knucklehead, kind of um, machoism. Yeah, that new metal. It'd, it'd be more well, goth yeah. emo, I think. Well, what, I yeah, that's what more, I found. More with inward looking rather than that, which I love as well. That's what I found with most of these SoundCloud rappers. If you listen to any of the lyrics now, they're just all emo kids. Yeah, like they're all like miserable, talking about suicide and yeah. Like yeah. can't get girls and all this shit. But it's almost really, it almost sometimes the lyrics are very. Um, like if you listen to the Little Pete record, obviously I, I do love it. It's amazing. It's so sad, and um, and same with that with you know the X stuff as well. Yeah. It, it, it does seem the lyrics are very narrow. It's like taking drugs, have you? Yeah. Girl split with you. Actually. Do you know what I mean? It's, just, yeah, yeah, it's literally yeah. like, oh my god, this has happened to me. And I, you know, for the first time. Yeah. Which I love because that's what teenage music should be like. Well, yeah, that's that's the ca- really the vibe cool. I kind of get with this whole generation that's coming up now is. That that those SoundCloud rappers are kind of the new punk rock. They're kind of edgy and yeah, you know, well getting bigger by the day. Like they're all they're all pretty big now. Um, But it's brilliant. It is brilliant that we've we've all been waiting for kind of um, antidote to X Factor for years. And as that's declining, you find that like now it's not needed anymore. There is there is a division, and you know those kids might not be at rock clubs, but they're out there and. There's a real kind of, um, yeah, this kind of like shiny manufactured pop, really good pop, which kids seem to love now. And then all this other stuff as well, which seems really real and personal and inward looking, but really, um, um, what's the word? Like inclusive as well, where all the barriers are down. Yeah. yeah. Which is what we're trying to work on, isn't it, Sean, with our, with our other thing. But um, yeah. I think it's a really exciting time for music. So mm. I'd love to work with someone like that. I'd love to. I'd, yeah, I would love to do that. Mm. Put a band around them, but use that production. Don't go all slick and like drum fills everywhere and stuff. But yeah, try and simple. get some of those massive, big moments that we had in the early noughties, which was a brilliant time for music, wasn't it? Yep, mm. amazing. And with that, obviously talking about your, your producing work, do you see? music differently when you're working with different artists compared to writing for yourself is the uh, kind of things yeah. you look at a bit yeah it's easier in a way it's more fun and I uh, just got a little I just think I've got a here to help badge on hmm. 
and I'm really confident in my um, in my I'm really confident about my views on music but I don't think that I, I don't I'm, I'm also confident that they're not right they don't have to be right so my job is just to ask questions and let the band supply the answers and help them get those answers out and just help those answers be better than they were going to be without me around I think that's my main yeah. job and I'm good with people hopefully and hopefully good at getting everybody galvanised and on the same page and when we've done that before like we've done that on, on Blackout albums or there's McFly albums that we've recorded that haven't even come out yet and stuff we've recorded where you felt like you know you were working on it but when when like we did that Radioactive album and we were on exactly the same page as the band you know going over on the plane everybody knew what kind of record we were going to make it's going to be a pop record but it's going to have kind of you know rock influences to it but still be very pop and it's great then because you really know what you go what you're all going for and um so that's that's really good and just and then hopefully good at keeping the business not the business end of it away but some bands like Don Broco when I first met them really wrapped up in the business because they're in between deals and you feel like you're in a business meeting all day so my job is to, to, to get them to a place where they don't give a shit because hmm. that's when you start creating good stuff when you when your guard's down and you, and you often do that by mucking about yeah. that's great I guess out. that's great advice for other producers because like yeah I think a producer ha- helps you from the inside out not the outside in so and it's everything and it's it's even down you know the budgets and what studio you're going to be in and you know what you know what desk is in that studio and is it the right desk for the job and when have they got the right mic so it's this engineering is important and obviously i know i know my engineering chops and know, know what everything does but to me i've got to try and keep that away from the band then because i don't think they need to care I think all the band need to care is how many burritos the drummers eating that morning and can we go in the studio and just have it for an hour. That's it. I want an hour a day out of a band. I want an hour a day out of the singer, however we get it. And if it's not, I mean, then we'll just move on to something else. But all this sitting around staring at each other, looking at you. I see loads of pictures of the producers where they're just staring at the guitar. I'm like, what are you staring at? <laughs> <laughs> looking at it, it's not going to make it any different. Like. <laughs> but you can say, I once fell asleep at the desk recording Bob. And his guitar was so loud, but I was so tired. <laughs> I nodded off, and Bob kicked me, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> and it was so oh, I can loud. imagine James was quite happy about that. Knowing... I think he stormed off. <laughs> came, I can imagine. Came back, yeah, came back and laughed. That sounded like him. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Ramesh. Obviously, we're in Cardiff. Ramesh is a really talented and yeah. good friend of ours. Great producer and engineer and mix engineer. He's got this great production website um, forum he's doing at the moment on mm. Facebook, and it's really took off. Control I'm really, room. Yeah, I'm really pleased from called control room, yeah. and um, I think there's a public place and then an invite place. But it's great, and he loves it, and he's he's got loads of um, time and energy to spend on it. And he's Ramesh is a lot more technical than me, um, but I think we both have the same um, kind of view viewpoint on stuff. He loves pop music and loves rock as well. Yeah. And um, but anyway, there was a kid on there the other night who asked. He was asking a question about how to. He said his vocals don't sit in the mix properly, and I was kind of writing back a few kind of plug-in tips, and then it dawned on me it's just the wrong. Like that's a, it's a production thing. The reason your vocal doesn't sit in the mix is because I could spend three days on the vocal, editing it on my own. You know, an hour with a singer, then three days on my own getting that vocal sounding amazing. And then it'll sit in the mix, and that's what production is. It's it's trying to mix the band from the inside, not mix the band at a desk. Hmm, I think yeah. for me, a perfect producer would never even sit near a mixing desk. It'd just nice, be it'd yeah. be in the room with the band, or sitting like Rick Rubin sitting on the couch, couch at the back, and everybody say that lazy guy doesn't do anything. And like, well, yeah, he's doing a lot. He's doing he's doing big stuff. Yeah. And yeah, and the hardest thing with music is. Well, it's a Rick Rubin thing again. Is he, he says he doesn't produce, he reduces, and just getting everything down to its simplest, which is what we've done a lot, isn't it, Sean? Yeah. That that simplicity is really hard to get. And when you get it, it's amazing. So, yeah, yeah I do love it. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Amazing. Great to hear. And yeah. 
Yeah, just before we wrap up, I guess, is there plans for new A music? Well, we've written two songs. They sound like Weezer because I went to see Weezer. <laughs> right before, they sound uh, like Slayer because I went to see yeah. Slayer. Yeah. And then Mark sent, and then Mark sent me some ideas, and I just sang a real wee, but a high pitched Weezer melody to it. I was like, oh, I love it. So that, we've got to record it, but we've got ICP Studios, which we use. Yeah, in Belgium. Um, in Belgium, so we're going to go there and re- record them. Nice. See how we how we get on, but yeah, w- one of them's really good. Okay. It's about not needing to go to gigs because you can watch it all on your phone. <laughs> And that's kind of how I feel yeah. about sightseeing. Like, I'd get shit off my band all the time. Like, we were in Australia, and I stayed in and watched the Oscars while everybody else went to Sydney Opera House to have a look. And I was like, yeah, but I got Google Street View, so if I want to go and have a look at it, I'll just drop my little orange man there and then have a look around up. <laughs> yep, it's exactly as I, I imagined it. Now back to the Oscars. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get that. I, I, I've just got this real newfound um, enthusiasm for being for this generation of kids and uh, technology is so good and it was oh our kids aren't connected anymore they're not engaged really more engaged than ever they're so engaged with them. yeah it's engaged with things that you don't know about yeah. so you're not bothered yeah it's just engaging a different way yeah and trying to keep yeah. up with that it's not engaged with you know daily mail readers so they think they're not engaged mm. but you know everyone knows so much about their chosen specialist subjects yeah. <laughs> now like the things that they're into they get really really into it so um, it's a really exciting time okay so with the new music is it just a plan to just throw ideas out there when they come is it an, an idea for an album or is it just these songs at the moment and don't know. see where it goes well, a few labels contacted us this week and said do we want to put an album out so um, yeah I, I don't know I don't know it seems a really old-fashioned thing putting albums out. We just talked about SoundCloud rappers. Like, why would we put? This out is yeah. I've just been trying to tell just my band make now. songs and just put like Broco to me the perfect example of a rock band should be doing now. Just content, content, content. We talked about that four years ago, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, you're almost a host of your own TV show. Yeah. And Remember when I needed it? Doing that. Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. I haven't mentioned that. You haven't yeah, mentioned right. that yet. Nope. That nearly happened, didn't it? Yeah. So I got. Uh, basically, there was a guy called Sean Smith from Indifference who was going to be on Big Brother. And people thought, you know, because I'm a Sean Smith as well, it was me. And then, so I played along, got in Kerrang! They did like a make a makeshift like Hello magazine that they called Tidy magazine. And put me on the front saying I was going into Big Brother and stuff. Mm. And then, yeah, Big Brother contacted me and said, I, uh, we don't know if you're interested, but we've seen all this stuff. All we need you to come to is like the final thing, the final interview, just to say yes, and we meet you. And yeah, I had the option of doing that or going to Australia with a blackout. So I went to Australia with a blackout, and yeah, didn't go to the opera house. No, <laughs> didn't go to the opera. Didn't go to the <laughs> watch Big Brother on. Yeah, he watched Big Brother. So I watched Big yeah. Brother on my phone. But, I thought, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you came up with a genius plan. We were going to try and helicopter you out of there for a gig, weren't we? There was a gig in the middle of it, remember? Yeah. Well, that's why, yeah. I didn't take it because, basically, if you do Big Brother, it's normally the end of your band. But I really wanted to keep the band together. Stupid me, looking back. Should have done it. Should have left all the boys in the lurch. <laughs> Dickheads. <laughs> Absolute dicks. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were going to... Ten days in, we had a tour booked. And your plan was to get Hello Magazine or one of those magazines to pay for the helicopter to lift me out of the Big Brother house, take me to another studio where I could shoot an escape in the Big Brother program, then sell that back to Endemol, then go on tour on the 11th day. Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing. That's a good plan, to be fair. Yeah, that yeah is it could have been done. I don't even know if the, the Black Eyed Boys know I got offered that. Really? Really? Yeah. Because if so... Are you keeping it stum? I, I think they should offer me their firstborns. <laughs> like... The first so I think it's, already it's been only born. fair. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I'll have Snoz's kid and Gavin's kid. What are you going to do with them? Kid. Just uh, have them as slaves. Just they can't do anything. They're too young. Oh, actually, one of them's really good at football, isn't he? Well, he's all right, yeah. He's supposed to live full, doesn't he? So he's not that good. Um, but yeah, so that's my fantastic big brother story. That, that would have been good. My band don't even know about. Really? You should have done it. Well, after listening to this, I think they'll find out. You might get some... They won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> they will listen to this. And then they'll go... Oh, he's probably making that up. No, no. <laughs> and then I was getting some, some pretty serious emails about it. Yeah, Claire. Imagine that. It's oh, crazy. if I'd done that now, 
probably could have afforded to keep the blanket together. How much are you getting get it paid? Fifty grand was the opening thing. That's, that's without good, yeah. that's without winning or that's just week one. You know, if I'd gone in and gone out week one, that would have been good. Because I had a track record at that time of working with people who end up getting reality TV shows for the month, like Doug did, Matt did, Harry did, mm. you nearly did. Yeah, it's the Jason Perry touch. They all won them as well. Oh, they, are you oh, big you, brother winner Sean Smith? You would have won. And I would say, if Bug, bro, blah, bug Brother, Big Brother will listen to this, get me involved. But they've just done the last ever Big Brother, so... Bring it back, there. maybe. But Emma Willis would have the hook up. She could... We were talking mm. to Emma about you and me at that point. Yeah, well. I think so. Um, well, it was a, kind of a sad way to end it, no? Thinking I could have... What could have been? Could have been Did something people, instead of nothing. People still into Big Brother? Yeah. Well, the last one, I think... Um, I know Emma loves it. ...was quite popular, but it is the last one. It, well, perhaps it's the last one on Channel 5. Perhaps they'll take it somewhere else. Channel 6. <laughs> Channel 7. Um, yeah. But yeah, cool. Anything else you want to... Is there anything you want to plug? I could talk for hours about anything, so um, but I better not. I mean, if this was going out live tonight, which is not just a podcast, not yeah. a radio show, um, I'd, I'd plead people to come down to the gig. But as this, the gig's already been... I'd probably just apologise. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just give people shit for not coming to the gig. Yeah, cheers for not coming to the gig. Maybe, well, I think the promoter did a gig in Bristol on Saturday it's night. very and close. I was coming back on a Tuesday night. To Wales, we were like, yeah. really, we're really doing that? So we will come back and do some more. It's been an amazing tour. I've loved it. All the pictures look amazing. Just don't like being ill, that's all. And yeah. knowing that my voice is going to be a bit... Yeah, a bit sketch. Right. But... um. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Cool. Cheers. No, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. We'll keep that in as well. Yeah. <laughs> and this bit. I don't know when to stop. I don't want to stop either. When are you stopping? I should have stopped then, but I didn't. I'll stop when you stop. What? One of the worst things about being... Are you still recording? Yeah, he's still recording. One of the worst things about being on... We've talked about this before, I'm sure we have, is when everybody goes to sleep and then there's that moment where everyone stops talking and it's so cringe yeah. when the whole bus goes quiet and it's a bit like um, silence in the courtyard <laughs> <laughs> I mean like humans are just like I'm going to sleep now but no one says it it's like Adam when he um, there was that awkward gap and he just had to fill it with talking talking he loves to talk <laughs> great thank you very much Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So that was Grammy Award-winning producer Jason Perry with some lovely stories there. Woo! I love Jason. You do. You spent a lot of time with Jason over the years, Sean. I have. Too much time. Mm. Um, for his sake, I guess. Poor bugger. Mm. Um, yeah, I love him. I, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, I don't know if he'll ever hear this, uh, but he knows how I feel. <laughs> I've told him. You have. Um, yeah, so that was that was Jason. Um Thank you very much to Jason for coming on. It means the world to us. Uh, also, thank you very much to you for listening to it. And if you've got this far, well, well done. Well how done. Have, how have you managed? How do you get through the intro? That was hard enough for me. Um, yeah, thank you very much if you're listening. 
Thank you very much if you've subscribed, rated, shared it with anyone. Please, please, please share it with anyone you think might like it. Um, yeah, it honestly means the world to us. It's been have some great reactions over the last couple of weeks. So thank you very much again. Yeah, it's doing better than either of us could have imagined. Yeah. Well, we even got on the Apple Podcasts music chart. So ooh. Ooh, check us out. I heard you paid for it. Uh, well, not in money, though. So I heard you emailed charts at apple.com yeah sent them 50 quid on paypal and said number seven please because you're not greedy yeah yeah i like the number seven as well it's a nice number cool well this has been a fantastic one next week we've got another guest as well we're not going to reveal that till probably tuesday or wednesday next week so uh once again thank you very much for listening thank you for rating subscribing liking sharing i love you morgan doesn't mind you please don't die Keep your tongue out. Don't be sick. Sapnin! Sapnin! Ooh, singy from you. Makes a change. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.